Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and succeed a lot faster. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because I value your time and you are here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we learned quite a few great tips for engaging a community in a new development that you are building in any city. And in this episode, we have an incredible guest someone who has never done a podcast interview before and it took at least one month to find him. I basically had to be a detective and thankfully we managed to get to him and he said yes to this podcast interview thanks to a friend of his asking him to say yes to it. We are interviewing Robert Steele. He is the author of 300 Ways to Buy, Sell, or Exchange Real Estate. It is a wonderful book that I highly recommend each and every single one of you to get. Robert has decades of experience buying, selling, and exchanging real estate for himself and others. And this book is an incredible resource for us to be creative in this market and in actually any market, because it is just about being creative and putting deals together. Here we go. Robert, thank you so much for joining us. I am so happy that you made it. <laughs> it was quite a journey to get to you. And my self-storage mentor recommended your book, which is incredible, 300 Ways to Buy, Sell, or Exchange Real Estate. And Nancy Priestley, who is on your website, helped encourage you to say yes to this interview, which I believe you may be your first podcast interview. Is that correct? I believe so, Stephanie. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and we'll get into your book. Well, I got uh, into the uh, real estate business years ago. And uh, when the 1031 uh, tax deferred exchange came into the market, I found one man that was teaching exchanging I thought that would be the future of real estate. And so I found him and went to one of his six-stage classes. So I was infatuated by the concept that people were more important than the real estate. So I studied his class. It was six days in tenure. Somebody told me that retention was only 20%. So I took his class five times. Six days, I took it five times. Last time he wanted to give it to me free, and I said, no, I want to pay for it. But I would, go, I would take the class, go work for six months in the field, come back and take it again. And eventually I said I could probably teach this class, and years later I did. So I, I learned it from a master, and I learned the nuts and bolts and the, every little facet of it. And then I started to expand it on myself. 
So started living in different countries, doing international exchanging. I just found that it was such an easy way to do it because you were always trying to solve a problem or a situation for people. Real estate is inanimate. The people are not. And so as my instructor used to say, you can dance with a ranch or you can take a, can't take an apartment house to lunch. It's the people <laughs> that count. And so everything in the book relates to people and solving something for them using real estate as the vehicle to accomplish it. And in today's market, it's really important to be creative. And I am so happy that I came across your book, which is, by the way, priced at $235, which is really affordable, in my opinion. If you can buy one piece of property with one of your strategies, it pays off thousands of times. So really generous of you to share all of these 300 different strategies to buying real estate in today's market especially. And also, it's very useful in the downturn. Why don't we go over the first two strategies of your book, which you mentioned are the most important formulas to get for the entire book? The first one, Stephanie, is called unpriced. I want to uh, elucidate that just a little bit. I'm not talking about the residential house market as such. Uh, that represents a huge part of real estate, probably 50, 60, 70, 80% of the real estate brokers deal in the residential market. It's not one that you ever get it into the unpriced category. That is always priced because they have multiple listing services and they have continually changing over. But in the rest of the market, the commercial, investment, the businesses, Those are all people-oriented where uh, the people come into play. When I say unpriced, it reminds me of, uh, I was coming back across the desert with a client one night from Blythe, California to Los Angeles. We were in the middle of the desert and we were running low on gas. So in order to explain price to him, I said, what's a gallon of gas worth now? So there's a difference. You have to set your price based upon people. Uh, the old story or the adage of, does a tree make a noise when it falls in a forest? It only makes a noise if there's a person with eardrums to hear it. So with a price is, means absolutely nothing unless there's a person that relates to the price. If you're extremely wealthy, uh, $100,000 doesn't mean very much but it means a lot to some people. So the pricing is only in the eyes of the beholder. So when we list a property, I encourage people to list their property unpriced, any price agreeable to the seller. Now, they can give a range. It's a, a million to a million 250 or 750 to a million five. It's a range, perhaps. But the basic thing is unpriced. The person owning the real estate is trying to accomplish something. Now, if it's cash flow, you want a return of some sort, how much do you want? What is the target that you need to accomplish? Now, when they get into numbers, they get into cap rate sheets and things like that. In a pure exchanging, the cap rates kind of go away. And it's what the person's trying to accomplish. 
So if you're trying to pyramid or something, I'll take you to number two in the book, which is called Creation of Wealth. So let's start it simple. You have a home, you have an equity, and you'd like to buy another house, let's say, to rent it. You have choices. You either have the cash in the bank, or you could refinance your house, or you could borrow a second on your house. Okay? The second would give you cash, and you could go buy another house with it, say a duplex. By the same token, you could create a second on the house. That's the creation of wealth. Very simply, you could put a note in a trustee in a typewriter or a computer and type out a note for $50,000 secured by a trustee on your house, in which you would trade that trustee to somebody else that had another house that would take your trustee. So you could use the trustee that you created without using any cash. It's just simply it's a piece of paper secured by the equity in your home. It's recorded against your title. It's a piece of paper. And the piece of paper says, I'll make certain payments on it and a certain interest rate. That's called the creation of wealth. What you're doing is you're using part of your, uh, your equity in order to buy another property. But you're not going through a bank. You're creating it yourself. So now take that into the future. This is one that's extremely viable. You have an income coming in the future. So let me take you to one of the other strategies. It's called the futures contract for agricultural projects. So here's an example of one that we did. There was a big retail building, and it was roughly $2 million was the price on it. So what we did is we exchanged $400,000 worth of tomatoes, a future crop. It was a large tomato grower. So we traded futures of $400,000 worth of his crops next year for the down payment into the $2 million building. And then every year for four more years, he traded another $400,000 worth of tomatoes. So in essence, we traded in the future, we created wealth, the crops weren't growing yet, So it was like the futures in the stock market. We simply traded those tomatoes, $400,000 worth a year, as the payment into the real estate. It was all done on paper. The tomatoes were delivered to the wholesaler who paid cash. The money was paid to the the ex-building owner. So we transferred in that manner. So in this example, if the price of the tomatoes went up on year two, three, or four, who gets to keep the additional increase? Just a great question. And it's so neat because that shows you the flexibility of this. Those are negotiable items. You can say that it's a fixed quantity, so many bushels or however they, they handle in the, the deal. What we used was a fixed price. You had to have, deliver a fixed price of tomatoes, regardless of what the quantity was. As long as the four hundred thousand was delivered in the form of cash from the wholesaler, so in that instance it was a fixed amount. If the price of tomatoes went up, the farmer was the beneficiary. If it went down, the owner of the building was the beneficiary. 
but that is a negotiable between people. Again, it's the people that count, not the real estate. And how would we get to the owner? Because we are mainly dealing with the real estate agent and multiple offers. Do you have a recommendation of how getting to the owner so we could see what is important to them when buying a commercial property? The brokers are easy enough to find. You, you go into your computer and you'll find there's a group called the Society of Exchange Counselors. They're called SEC. There's a National Exchange Counselors, NCE. If you type in exchange groups, you'll find exchange groups all across the country, and therefore you can find the brokers. The clients are the individuals that are looking for the service are many times not familiar with how this business is operated. So that's one of the things that benefits of the book. The book is 400 pages, and it has one strategy on each page, and then some additional ones in there. The uh, clients, if you're a broker, the easiest way to do that is get involved. Get into an exchange group where they you're dealing with other brokers that have clientele that are already in that milieu, and the other ones are to find anybody with problems. Anybody that has a problem. There's uh, thousands and thousands of parcels of real estate that have been on the market five, 10, and even 15 years. There's all kinds of land. And they, do, they have a problem, even if they don't know it, they have a problem. Holding a piece of property and trying to sell it, and it's not productive. So let's say it's vacant land, and it's not producing. It's losing money rapidly because of the inflation of the dollar. So if I had something I was trying to market for a million dollars worth of vacant land, then it's approximately $6,000 a month they're losing in the purchasing value of the dollar dropping. So people don't understand that just sitting on a piece of property is not the answer because by the time you get your money, the dollar's devaluated and you've lost a tremendous amount of your equity. The same thing is true geographically, where a lot of people want things real close to them so they can touch them. Most of my clients don't want anything within 500 miles of them so that they don't have the problems that go with management and so forth with real estate. They want the real estate for the benefits, but they don't want the disadvantages. So if you have property in another state or another country, those are difficult for the local broker to take those. But for somebody that is in the exchange world or like myself that's lived in other countries and so forth, we're not afraid of that situation. And that becomes an advantage to you because to you, that property is worth so much to the person trying to get rid of it, it's not really worth that much. So there's a difference in people and how you see something. In this economy, what are some of the strategies that you recommend us keeping in mind for? Well, I'd keep in mind the... Uh, cryptocurrency uh, that's coming down the pike. In the last 10 years, Bitcoin started, I think, at one cent is now seven or $8,000. And we have a new cover covering the book and the cryptocurrency. 
But let's take a look at the cryptocurrency market for just a moment. There's a, about 150 exchanges in the world. One exchange, Coinbase, which is the, uh, the biggest in the United States, has about 2,000 coins on it, a little over that now, and about 500 of them are liquid. And those liquid coins are Ethereum and Bitcoin and some of those at the top. If you'd have bought Bitcoin at 15 cents and you bought $100,000 worth or $1,000 worth, you, but at a tad, you could be what's termed a whale. You could have a tremendous amount of wealth tied up in the, in the cryptocurrency. Now, if you go out of that cryptocurrency, you're going to be taxed. But if you deal with people in the exchange field that are knowledgeable in the exchange world, they can help you because they can take a million dollars worth of your cryptocurrency and that you don't go out of title, you keep it because that's the goose that's laying the golden eggs. You want to keep that. But you can use that as security to buy some real estate. So a knowledgeable broker could say, we'll take a million dollars worth of your cryptocurrency, use it as security, and wrap it in a, what's called a blanket mortgage over the cryptocurrency and the real estate. So you're able to use it as though it's a million dollar down payment without going out of title. Now, the person on the other side has the security of that million dollars. You have to perform on your payments and your obligations or you would lose it. But the currency could be used as the source of security for your down payment into two, three, or four million dollars worth of real estate without going out of title. So wow. that's an example of how to do it. There are actually thousands and thousands and thousands of people that want to get into real estate, that have cryptocurrency, that don't know how to do it. It's a huge potential market. It's such an honor to have you here. Is there anything else that you think our audience should keep in mind? Well, I would think that if you want to explore and have some fun out of life, too, is to look around the world and see some of the things that's happening where you could make your investments. Take the country of Panama, which has just completed the largest project in history, the widening and the deepening of the Panama Canal. That country is going to be built from coast to coast, from the Pacific to the Caribbean. And it's going to be solid, solid, solid. It's a wonderful kind of a place to make an investment in real estate. It's just enormous what's going to happen there. So if you look at the real estate market and kind of take your blinders off about having something close enough that you can touch and look into the futures of the world, the market is just unending. And at the same time, with the political things that are happening in the world, some people uh, feel that perhaps socialism won't be good for real estate and so forth. You can hedge your bet by being invested in other parts of the world. If that helps, I pass it along. How do you ensure that your property in that country is really secure, especially in third world countries where the government may not be super stable? Well, there's, <laughs> I think it was, uh, was it Rockefeller, no, I can't remember who it was. You want to buy when there's blood in the streets. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, 
That's very, very true. I don't think I necessarily want to be into some of the areas, but some people find that uh, very rewarding to get into Venezuela or one of the areas where they're having problems and buying at the time. You have some of those situations right here in this country with the Detroit situation. There's a lot of those where there's difficulty. But in most of the countries where you have an established law, there's always good attorneys and real estate attorneys that can show you the ropes. And more and more, they're getting title insurance and so forth. So I've dealt all the time with attorneys and so forth in different countries, and we buy and sell and trade real estate. Toughest one I ever handled was Greece. (laughs) I don't want to do that one again. The majority of the time, you don't have a problem. It's that we think we have a problem. I'm not afraid of it at all. Well said. We do think we have a problem (laughs) most of the time, and we actually don't. That's very true. How can our listeners get in touch with you, Robert? Well, I've got a phone number, 760-522-5362. My email is itsitsinfinite123 at gmail.com. I do have a a mail-out that we do, which if you'd like to be on it, you're welcome. It's free to get in. Just send me your email address and I'll include you. We send out one of our strategies out of the book two or three times a week, along with things that are opportunities to invest in. Oh, wow. That's a huge resource. Put me on your list, please. (laughs) Okay. You got it. You can buy the book, of course, from Amazon under Robert Steele. You can buy either the standard version or the uh, the crypto version. If you're in real estate, I encourage you to find an exchange group that's around. And if you have a problem or a property that you... uh, would like some assistance with, we'd be happy to look at it. Or you have crypto, you've got crypto and you'd like to use it for, to, into, uh, get it into real estate, well, we'd be happy to help you with that. We have something kind of interesting coming out now. It's called Crips List, C-R-Y-P-T-S-L-I-S-T. If you think of Craigslist, only Crips List, and Crips List will have real estate and business opportunities to buy and sell and exchange, but there has to be some sort of crypto involved in every ad. We've got uh, hundreds of opportunities now where people can use crypto in combination with real estate and vice versa. Wow, that sounds incredible. Robert, I want to acknowledge you for taking this chance on us and having our first podcast interview. I really appreciate it. You are such a value add to everyone in real estate, and I'm very humbled that you spend some time with us. All of the links, as always, especially to your book, will be under show notes, and I hope to interview at a later future. Look forward to it too, Stephanie. Thanks for permitting me. Thanks. If you know anyone who is interested in learning commercial real estate investing, make sure to share this podcast with them. And I will see you guys next time.